No, don't put that in. Okay. <laughs> don't put that in. That's fine. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Opus Podcast. This is our podcast on raveling songs. My name is Lana Holgado. I'm a musician, podcast person, and extremely bloated individual. And what's up, everybody? My name is Josh. I'm a co-host, podcast producer, and ant killer. And today we have a special guest. Hi, I'm British. How are you doing, British? I'm doing good, Josh. And you? I'm doing great. I'm <laughs> glad we, this is the first time we had a guest on our song swap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, my name's Joe. I'm visiting from the UK. Lana's girlfriend. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> so happy for you. Thanks, Josh. Yeah. Thank That's, you, Josh. Just glad. Yeah. Glad to see some positive energy, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not, not at all annoying or threatening in, a, in any way. Do we, are we, is this threatening to no. you? <laughs> yes, it's very threatening to me. Do you feel threatened? I feel incredibly threatened right now. Okay. Don't worry, I'm not, I'm not here to become a co-host. Okay. I'm not going to kick you out. (laughs) So, uh, kill kill many ants lately, Josh? I've killed so many ants. I got, like, these, uh, my, did you guys get a bunch of ants this year? Okay, that kind of ant, because when you said ant killer, as someone someone with a niece, I was like, am I in danger? (laughs) Yeah, nah, nah, different kind of ant. Um, Gotcha. Yeah, the kind that are annoying and crawl in your walls. Yeah. Those guys have been, like, flooding my house, and I just got like this borax like syrup honey solution that was like murdering them and i'm so happy now every summer our home gets invaded ants flying ants oh you guys got flying that sucks really sucks we haven't seen them in your house but we did go to the chop house restaurant and there were ants on our table dang yeah Mm -hmm. shoot they wanted wanted yeah we were in like the outside part like the part where it faces the lake i got you we took her to chop house Dang. My parents did. They okay. took us out for dinner. Oh, really wow, nice. that's that's nice. We went, man. Yeah, we went as a family. Yeah. So this is a podcast about ants. Yes. <laughs> One time a red ant crawled on my leg, and it just crawled all around very fast, and um, it was very painful. Did not enjoy that experience. Ooh. Ouch. Ouchie. All right. I was gonna say, you know what else isn't an enjoyable experience? <laughs> Having daddy issues. Which brings us to our first segment, Song Swap. Song Swap. This week I gave Lana Father Time by Kendrick Lamar. Early morning wake up, practicing on day off. Tough love, but hold up, no chase on me. Lamar is the greatest rapper of his generation, bar none. The Coffin, California native entered the American mainstream with his major label debut album, Good Kid, Mad City, a smash triple platinum hit that catapulted Lamar to superstar status. He would follow it up three years later with Pimpa Butterfly, another critically acclaimed album, and follow that up two years later with Damn, the Pulitzer Prize winning success. However, five years would pass since the release of Damn with no new music from Kendrick. On May 13, 2020, the wait would finally be over, and his newest album, Mr. Morale and the Big Seppers, would be released, featuring the song Father Time. Yeah. Now, this, where were you put your thoughts? 
Okay, well, clearly, I, I knew. Like, I the, listen. I told Lana I picked yeah. the Kendrick song before the album was out. Uh huh. So. Well, did wait? wait does the, did the song come out with the, or did you just like I'm gonna when the album drops I'm gonna pick a song. When from the it. album drops, I was gonna pick a song. Okay, so I I knew in advance that this was gonna be Josh's wrestle to fangirl about Kendrick, and that's completely valid. Here are my thoughts. Head empty. Um, okay, <laughs> now I do have some I, I do have some thoughts. I really like the hook. I thought the hook was very catchy. And I, you know, trying to prepare for this last night, my, my brain was like 20% capacity. I was mm. like, I gotta figure out the meaning behind this <coughs> words. Um, but I feel like jo- jo- Josh is gonna explain it, so it's okay. I think this is one of those episodes where Josh needs to do his spiel first and then I can weigh in. Okay. Tell uh, us why you picked this song. Yes. Okay, I picked this song, um, Honestly, like, the first thing that stood out for me is there's a line on it. I'll get to it. But it's uh, when Kanye got back with Drake, I was slightly confused. And I just saw a bunch of people, like, not understanding that. And I think, like... I didn't well, understand it. Yeah. So I was like, I, I can unravel this better. Okay. But let's uh, start from the beginning. So it opens yeah. up with Kendrick Lamar's partner, Whitney Alford, telling him to go to therapy and him uh, trying to protest. You and after uh, she tells him to reach out to Eckhart Tolle, which is a famed German self-help author, the sound of tap dancing transitions the song into Kendrick's first verse. I come from a generation of home invasions, and I got daddy issues, that's on me. Everything the four was that tell me may have is very deep. That man knew a lot, but not enough. The beat samples You're Not There by Hoskins and Crowd, except the beat is actually reversed. So when you hear like that woman singing, it's like a reverse sound of her singing, which is really cool. He starts off the his first verse with the line, I come from a generation of home invasions, a callback to the introduction song for the album, The Heart Part 5, which opens up by saying, I come from a generation of pain where murder is minor. Both lines setting up the stage for his violent and taxing upbringing. Uh, and then he goes on to describe how his dad tried to prepare him for the violent and taxing world around him, teaching him to be aggressive and competitive, using basketball as an example of something he has to push himself to the point of exhaustion, even if his mom was protesting against it. Daddy issues made me learn losses. I don't take those well. Mama said that boy is exhausted. He said, go fuck yourself. If he give up now, let's go costing. Life's a bitch. You could be a bitch or step out the margin. I got up quick. I'm charging baskets and falling back. Kendrick then references how this turned both him into his father into sore losers who uh, were just obsessed with winning, uh, which transitions nicely into the chorus. Up, no chase on me, no chase on me, no chase on me. 
The second verse switches to a more internal look about how his uh, daddy issues impacted him, leading him to bottle up his emotions and not be sensitive. I got daddy issues, that's on me. Looking for I love you, really empathizing for my relief. A child that grew accustomed, jumping up when I scrape my knee. Cause if I cried about it, he surely tell me not to be weak. Daddy issues, hit my emotions, never express myself. Man should never show feelings, being sensitive never helped. His mama died, I asked him why he going back to work so soon. His first reply was son that's laughing, Bill's got no silver spoon. Daddy issues, fuck everybody, go get your money son. Kendrick also goes out of the way to point how point out how society forces men to adopt this type of posture, giving the example of his dad working after his uh, grandmother died because he had to pay the bills in order to provide for the family. Uh, this type of upbringing lent itself to a certain dichotomy in Kendrick's life. On one hand, he was unable to maintain the proper relationships, Sorry. and this contributed to uh, the constant infidelity that he goes through that's referenced on the album. But on the other hand, the competitiveness to want to be the best turned him into the voice of his generation. It, this even led to lines like, when Kanye got back with Drake, I was slightly confused, which references uh, the Drake-Kanye beef that was occurring. When Kanye got back with Drake, I was slightly confused. Guess I'm not mature as I think. Got some healing to do. Egotistic, zero giving fucks, and a be specific need assistance with the way I was brought up. What's the difference? With Drake, when I was slightly confused, references uh, the beef between Kanye and Drake that was eventually squashed, um, which went from like, escalating and getting like kind of heated to uh, relatively like water under the bridge pretty quickly. And I think like that references more that um, he isn't really emotionally mature to understand why somebody might want to, you know, not uh, maintain like such aggressive and such uh, anger towards somebody who they thought wronged them. This with the way I was brought up, what's the difference when your heart is made of stone and your mind is made of gold and your tongue is made of sword, but it may weaken your soul. My niggas ain't got no daddy, grow up overcompensating, learn shit about being a man. As a diaspora kid, uh, I really like this because I think it properly explains a lot of emotional baggage that one generation passes on to the next, uh, with the key being that at the time and in that specific environment, the baggage that's passed on is actually necessary for survival. So Kendrick's dad grew up in Chicago. He was a gangster disciple, uh, so affiliated with the gangs there, and eventually had to move out of Chicago to Compton to flee the violence that was existing uh, while they lived in Chicago. While they were in Compton, he. They, they lived in Section 80 public housing and were on welfare. So teaching his son to be sensitive and in touch with his feelings might not have been the best lesson he could pass on to him in the environment that they grew up in. But at the same time, it's incumbent on the current generation to make sure that you're not making the same mistake our parents did and break that generational cycle. So Kendrick, now being a father, having a couple of children of himself, uh, it wouldn't be a positive development for them to experience the same lessons he had growing up. Learn shit about being a man in disguise it as being gangster. I love my father for telling me to take off the gloves. Cause everything he didn't want was everything I was. Until my partners that figured it out without a father. I salute you, may your blessings be neutral to your toddlers, it's crucial. They can't stop us if we see the mistakes. Till then, let's give the women a break. Grown men with daddy issues. And there's an interesting article when I was reading a little bit about, um, the like discourse around like toxic ma uh, masculinity uh, and it sort of argued that it, there's a problem when you present it um, just as like toxic as in like there's inherent parts of masculinity that are inherently toxic because toxic masculinity is inherent to the cultural and the social norms that a person grows up in and might be different from society to society rather than just a problem that's inherent in masculinity. 
So there's a quote uh, that said, Connell and others theorize that common masculine ideals such as social respect, physical strength, and sexual potency become problematic when they set unattainable standards. Falling short can make boys and men insecure or anxious, which might prompt them to use force in order to feel and be seen as dominant and in control. Male violence in this scenario doesn't emanate from something bad or toxic that has crept into the nature of masculinity itself. Rather, it comes from these men's social and political settings, the particularities of which set them up for inner conflict over social expectations and male entitlement. So Kendrick's uh, final line, starting with, I love my father for telling me to take off the gloves because everything he didn't want was everything I was, uh, I think properly encapsulates um, this message right here, that what his father was telling him was important and uh, you know useful uh, in the time, and it's the reason why he was able to attain success, uh, his success, get out of that negative environment that he uh, lived in. But as he goes on to um, talk about, it's crucial they can't stop us if we see the same mistakes. Till then, let's give the women a break, grown men with daddy issues. It's incumbent on us as like the next generation to try to fix the problems that we were passed down with. Uh, so we're not passing them on to the next generation. That's a lot to unpack. Yeah, it's a lot. Well, I like I like this song a lot too because it, there was like a pretty deep message behind it. I think. For sure, yeah. Lana, you're the co-host. You give us lots to think about, Joshua. My experience with Kendrick overall, um, all like ever since I first started hearing about him, it's all like when To Pimp a Butterfly came out, like, it's all been, like, he's the greatest artist of all time. Like, this is so... Because, you know, like, mm-hmm. Ethan. And, yeah. like, our, our friends from high school would be, like, like, you know, just, like, so engrossed mm-hmm. in, like, everything. And I was, like, okay, like, clearly, like, this is, like, important, like, material that I need to experience. But I just... You know, you know when you put something on a pedestal for so long, you're, mm-hmm. like, I need to, like, be in the right environment to listen to it. Yeah. So then I just, like, never did. And then... One day, um, one day, like, I think I was on a long car ride, so I, like, I put on To Pimp a Butterfly, and then I was like, yeah, this is, this is cool. And then I like how, you know, he, like, it's, like, the epitome of, like, oh, I'm, I'm using those words now, like, the epitome mm-hmm. of, like, you know, like, really tying in, like, the whole album together because at, like, you know. It ended with the poem. Yeah, the yeah. poem, and, like, it would, yeah. Like, each end of the song, they would, like, add a new line of the poem. I thought that was really cool mm. and, like, artistic. Um, that That's my experience. And then, like, in college, like, I had to, for my, like, 400-level music history class, I had to write an essay about damn. And I, I was thinking about, like, for Lana Gets to Use a Degree, just, like, reading that <laughs> essay. It's not very good. Um, I would have liked it. But... Yeah. I would. I was like, no, I should assign Josh to write with the same essay prompt. And <laughs> bro, I could have written an essay yeah. on Dan. Yeah, I should have just. I should have just like paid you to write my essay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but so I think this is definitely one of those songs where I'm like, there's a lot going on here, and I'm just like, this is a lot. Can I jump in? Yes. All right. Well, you said a lot, Josh, mm-hmm. and. I have a terrible memory, so I was like <laughs> trying to just make the main points in my head, which are okay. One, mm-hmm. I my um, degree was in psychology. Oh, cool! And uh, so with this song, it's not called Daddy Issues, right? No, it's called Father, Father Time. Time. Father Time. But I think, and I've thought this for a while, and this just makes me 
just want to say it, put it out there. I think Fried was right <laughs> to a degree. I think everyone either has daddy issues or mommy issues. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people are going to be able to relate to this song. Mm-hmm. And I ag- listen. I'm not going to. I'm not going to say I agree when we say when you say or Kendrick implies that we should give men a break. Okay. Oh no, you said give women a break. Give uh, women a break. Yeah. Till then, let's give the woman a break from them with daddy issues. You're oh. saying that we got to deal with it because instead we just kind of put it on women to like. Ah, deal with it. okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. All right. That I like. Yeah. <laughs> the whole thing is deconstruction of toxic no. masculinity. Okay. Sorry. But I, but at the same time, I do. <laughs> this is going to sound so condescending, but I feel bad for men mm-hmm. because I'm not saying men have created every issue in the world, but mm. the society we live in. We've had a patriarchy for so long, mm-hmm. and we've put this, men have, can I say men have put this on themselves to to be? I don't think that's an unfair statement. Yeah, to, to be masculine, mm-hmm. to be a, aggressive to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, we have a lot to talk about. I think it's really important he's talking about these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad that people are singing about this. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not someone I would choose to listen to by myself. Um, just, but I'm glad that you've introduced me. And uh, I do think it's really important he's singing about this. Yeah. I didn't think this would be kind of like funny just to see going in the club. Like a bunch yeah. of people like, you know, <laughs> rapping weeping. about therapy. And like, you know. <laughs> Men weeping in the club. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have I have so many disjointed thoughts, but I'll. That's it. That's it. Yeah, so much to say. I I really did like the catchy hook. I wasn't really. I was like, grasping at straws. I was like, this. I feel like this makes sense with the context, but it also like I don't know how, Mm -hmm. but it does. I'm sure it does. Um, And uh, I really liked the intro, the tap dance intro thing. That was really cool. That's his sons, you said? Doing uh, that no, it's just two, um, like, kids. But he knows them? Uh, no, they're just, like, child prodigies of tap dance. But that's cool, right? Yeah. Because tap dancing is seen as a very feminine thing. So to be in a song like this... Oh, yeah. I yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, I know this has significance somewhere. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, yeah, that's, yeah. Tap dancing um, appears kind of like as a motif on the album. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, it like introduces a couple of songs or gets like interpolated in some intros. Uh, and it's kind of like, uh, like at one point, um, his wife tells him, stop like dancing around the issue. And then you hear like the tap dancing and stuff. I love that. So it's, yeah, it's meant to symbolize like confronting it head on as opposed to like not dealing with it. Yeah. That's very clever. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's cool. And I, I like the message um, at the end about breaking the breaking free from the generational trauma mm-hmm. and like being like all right like we I'm, all gotta do it yeah <laughs> it's like i'm gonna i'm gonna be the one to like make things right and like taking responsibility for it because i feel like sometimes like when men do talk about con- like toxic masculinity it's like they feel like kind of helpless about it mm-hmm. and they're just like oh let's do like because oftentimes it's so like very like feelings are buried so deep like to even talk about them it's like what mm-hmm. um yeah i would say unless i misunderstood this mm-hmm. like the other thing um the part that i would disagree with and it might be easy for me to say mm-hmm. but I, I don't know if 
class is talked about the same way in the US as it is in the UK where I'm from. But mm-hmm. I'm from I'm from a working class family. I'm not going to say we were below the poverty line. Mm-hmm. My parent my parents at one point, but me and my sister not so much, but we're still working class. And I I feel like there was something in there um, that Kendrick Lamar said and that you said in your mm-hmm. um, your thoughts on it that were like uh, something about how maybe it was the situation and mm-hmm. it was okay like his it was okay that his dad did that in a way because mm-hmm. of the situation that he grew up in mm-hmm. being is it okay to say in poverty yeah that's what was, they, if they yeah. were yeah in poverty um and maybe it wouldn't have done him any good to teach him sensitivity mm-hmm. and i i don't know about that mm-hmm. i think you can have a balance right mm-hmm. you can be nice you can be kind mm-hmm to your family and at the same time teach them what's going on around them mm-hmm. and ways to deal with that. So I would say that's the part I disagree with. And like, what if Kendrick Lamar suddenly lost all of his money? Is he gonna start raising his kids differently from now he from how he does now? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's raising them now, he's teaching them emotions, sensitivity. Mm-hmm. Is he gonna then suddenly bring them up the way his dad brought him up? Mm-hmm. You know, I just thought that was an interesting point. I got I don't you. know. Yeah. I think it's more to do with, like, the specific um, culture of, like, growing up, like, poor and impoverished in, like, black America. Yeah. Uh, where, and it's not to say that, like, you know, it's cool to just to be, like, a jerk to your children and, like, not, um, you know, like, permit them and stuff. Uh, to Or, like, not, like, let them get in touch with their feelings and stuff. But it's more that um, extrinsically that doesn't get rewarded in like American society, especially when you're on that lower rung, uh, because you're faced against the societal expectations of what it means to be like not just a man, but in his case, a black man, mm-hmm. um, with like a system that's essentially rigged against you. So things like being like overly competitive, trying to like be very aggressive, and tr- you know, like in the sense of trying to get your uh, earn a lot of money and things like that, right? Yeah, that is important. Like the reason why it gets reinforced in the society is because that to an extent does work. Right, the people who make it out are the ones who have that type of aggression and stuff. Um, now we're seeing kind of like a shift, which I think is good. Even in like music, like more introspective artists are the ones who are, as opposed to like, you go back to like the '90s and 2000s, gangster rap was the one that's predominant. Um, really, until like about the mid 2000s, that's when there was more of a shift um, from instead of like rapping about like, oh, I'm gonna like kill all these people and get all this yeah. money. It's more like, oh, you know, sometimes I feel sad and stuff. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's uh, specific to the context of, like, the time you grew up in, I think. Yeah, it's definitely a, a fair point. Yeah. Obviously, I can't speak to that being white British, female. So, mm-hmm. um, absolutely something to consider when thinking about all of that. Yeah. I mean, I think it does spark, like, an interesting conversation around that, which, yeah. yeah. You know who was at Kendrick's um, private listening party for his new album who this really cool artist named Emma Ray who produced and sang on and did everything for the next song I really like your body that's not what it's called it's called Sad Girls Love Money Sad Girls Love Money
Ghanaian American singer, producer, rapper, extraordinaire, um, who was born in New York and like lived between um, li- lived between Ghana mm-hmm. and Atlanta for most of her childhood, and she's just been doing real cool artist stuff, um, especially like for like the youth of like West African artists and just doing the most to be like to to like give the youth a voice and be like break free of the molds of what people think that they should do and she's just really out there and doing great and this song um th- this is the remix by um Amore featuring Caliucci's and Molly um blew up on TikTok and that's how I found it and I became hyper fixated on one day on it one day I listened to the song on repeat on like a two-hour train ride to New York one day and she's not joking yeah <laughs> I was I was just transfixed and I was just like I so fun story I re, like I told Josh I was gonna do a different song for this and then he thought I was serious I was like I was kidding but then I had to find a new song I was like of course this song you know, Josh picks Josh picks his hyperfixation songs like every week, so I'm gonna pick my hyperfixation song. That's that. I'm that gonna say funny. the only reason I thought you might have like actually wanted to do that song was because you seriously suggested the pickle song. <laughs> what do you mean? That's a good song. What's the pickle song? I just wanna be a pickle. Get my booty in that bra. Oh yeah, you sh- you sent me that. Yeah. That was a good song. That was a good song. <laughs> <laughs> Can, can we say what the other song yeah. is yeah, that we're talking yeah. about? What, what was it called? I Feel, I feel funny. funny by Justin I Bieber. I Feel Funny. What's your sign? What's your sign? I'm, I'm a Pisces. Pisces. I'm a Pisces. Laugh it up, Chuckles. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the same in a British accent. <laughs> <laughs> just, just laugh it up, Chuckles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyway, uh, this song is better. Yeah, um, this song is better. Yeah, this song is better. Josh? <laughs> uh, I would say equally as catchy. They're both equally as catchy. But I prefer this song over. I think this song is more catchy. You think? Yeah. I don't no. know. We keep saying really Laugh It Up like Chuckles. Yo- yeah, but that's just because it's a meme. Yeah, true. Yeah, but this true. song is like catchy, like because it's a good song. All right. I have like sung this one to myself before. I never like sing the Justin Bieber song. Yeah. I just get stuck in my head and I'm like, I need to listen to something better. <laughs> it's in that though. Yeah. So, yeah. say your body (laughs) (laughs) I really like that's the problem with this song every time someone says I really like in my head because of Lana I'm like your body she only says it once in the song isn't that crazy she says it 10 times a day Lana I really like your body I really like to party yeah I really like to party okay so Kaliutra says it twice and then Amari says it once so it's a total of three times Okay, well, it feels like it's the entire song, though, right? Yes, especially yeah. when Lana sings it so, <laughs> so often. <laughs> I like it, though. Mm-hmm. It's great. I feel like- 
exactly the right amount. I will say, if you hadn't told me there were three people singing on this... You wouldn't have known, right? I wouldn't have known. I will listen for it next time Lana plays the actual song and not just singing it, but um, yeah. I just thought it was one person until we talked about it. I really like to party I cannot control my body So when this song is starting Just cancel all your plans So it's everything in my dancing Moonwalk like Michael Jackson I really like to party I don't know why you hide it. I wanna see it behind. It really congeals well together. And because this is congeals. Mm, I know. It's a good vocab word. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love I love using like jelly metaphors. What? <laughs> I like the way it congeals. I really like the way I really like the way it congeals. <laughs> and um I, the music video added another like element to it as they tend to do. It was like this like futuristic like office setting and they were like all fighting and like doing business and the business factory mm-hmm. um <laughs> whenever i like think about working i'm like do work at the business factory and that's like kind of what it was it was like this futuristic office setting mm-hmm. and like for some reason like what you know when i was listening to the song and like getting money blah, 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 it never really occurred to me that, like, oh, these women might have jobs that they go to to get their money. I thought it just happened and, like, or, like, the artist, you know, the whole artist thing. But I'm just, like, it adds another layer to it about, like, okay, I'm going to get my money, I'm going to do my capitalism, and then with my money I will have my independence and my freedom and I get to do my my fun hot girl stuff in my free time. And, um, yeah, and so I was like, okay, all right, I see. That's fun. That's cool. So that, that's the cool thing about music videos, right? I was saying to Josh and Lana before this, I don't watch music videos because it is like taking a deep dive into someone else's mind. Mm-hmm. And I often find them really trippy. Mm-hmm. But it can add another element, another layer to the song that you think you know and understand. And then you watch this and it's like, oh. So yeah. Yeah. Watch the music video, kids. That's great. <laughs> yeah. It's very trippy. I was trying to figure out what it was specifically that like kept me so transfixed. And it's just like, I don't like, because I was trying to be like, what genre is this? What's going on? It's like all, all that I could find. It's like, it's got like a really cool beat, like a really cool Afro pop beat, but Afro pop in itself is such a wide genre. And Amore is really just like at the forefront of like 
this cool new sound and so it's like there's not a lot of precedent it's like just a bunch of things congealed together to make this song and it's just so infectious and cool They do. Yeah, it's not super deep. It's just, it's funky mm-hmm. and catchy. Yeah. Doesn't have to be deep. Music can just be music. Absolutely. Yeah. This is an example of what was it? Absolute music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Except it's not really because there's words. Nah, nah, nah. Because we're <laughs> we're changing the definition of absolute yeah. music. Absolute. It's absolutely a banger. Is yeah. what it is. So what you you were telling me before this, you telling us, you were telling us that uh, sad girls are what Amaray calls her fan base, right? Yeah. Sad girls love so money. So like maybe it's a shout fans. out to her fan yeah. base. Yeah. Shout out. Mm-hmm. Do sad girls love money more than happy girls? Who knows? I'm all right. Let's consult two sad girls, or a sad girl and a happy girl. Yeah. Okay, resident sad girl, um, money really stresses me out. I would love to have inordinate amounts of it. Um, but also, I would just like to live in a system where, like, we didn't need money. I would rather we have no... I would, I would rather... But that's a big ask. That's a pretty big ask. I would like... I would like to be able to afford life. Yes, and I love money, but it doesn't stress me out the same way it does Lana because I think life just is and we have to make the most of it, do what we do, and that's it, really. Josh, are you a sad girl or a happy girl? Um, I don't know. I'm sad, but I don't know if I can call myself a girl. I'm sad, but I'm happy. There's no but. <laughs> You're a sad boy. Yeah, I'm a sad boy. And I like you, money, Do you though. love money? Yeah. I think money's cool. All right. Well, there Although, you go. Um, you know, a cashless society, that might be interesting. You know what? Um, I think we should work toward it, which is why we're going to go to our resident sponsor, Bitcoin. Guys, please buy this Bitcoin from me. I'm losing so much money right now. We're turning into a cryptocurrency podcast. I'm this not. This real. No, it's not real. <laughs> Oh my god. I was trying to do a bit. And it worked. I, but I did you know, genuinely. I like saw the fear in your eyes when you <laughs> said that. And I was like, oh no. Like, she might not realize. I'm joking. This podcast is sponsored by NordVPN. Do you need a hobby? We don't have time for this. <laughs> yeah, we don't. We got it. All right. Anyway. I like having you on the pod because you keep Lana on track very well. Like. We should just like FaceTime you even yeah. when you're like, um, I'll just be that in the background. Yeah. yeah. Right. You just remind Lana about her points and stuff. Yes. All right. All right. Anyway. What is the next bit? I can't remember what, what the podcast goes to you next. You know, in college, I also had that problem of not knowing when to keep myself on track. Right. Well, I'm here now. Yeah. Good, too bad I didn't have okay. you in my life yeah. when I was getting my degree. It is, but I'm here now. So let's move on. To the next segment, Lana gets to use her degree. This is a low stress topic. One of the big things when I was in 
when I was in college was um in like during my lessons was like you're too tense you're too damn tense like you can't sing when your body you know your body is your instrument you can't sing when it's like when it when it it's Tense. Tense. tense yes. So I was thinking maybe I could share some techniques for how to like untense yourself. Please. Um, we also, all need it. yeah. Also, um, a part of that was like, um, so like tension things and like uh, we we may not have time for this. Oh, we probably have time. But like also, um, tongue twisters were like a good way to like release tension and blah 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 blah. And, and just. Yeah, and like increase dexterity. Um, that was an important thing. If you want to be able to rap like Kendrick, you got to be able to do your tongue Is twisters. Is this why I can't rap? I'm too tense. Yeah. That's the that only reason. That That's the reason. only reason. Yeah. Anyway, um, all right. So these are just off the top of my head. One of the ones I'm to release tension in your tongue is lick your teeth. Like lick, go around a circle and lick. We're doing it, everybody. Your, we're outside your teeth. Do, do it with us, yeah. Uh, you do that. You do the outside, and you look at the inside, and then your tongue should be tired, and then it'll be relaxed. Your and tongue then, is tired from that? No, I didn't do it. You got to do it for a long time. <laughs> no, but then we were all doing it as a class, and then like people were like, "Oh my god, my tongue's so tired." And I was like, "Mine's not." Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> you got the all right. All right. <laughs> all right. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> What that mouth do? What that mouth do? Sings. Um, it sings, sings. everybody. Yes. Sings. Yeah. Okay. The other thing is just like, just unclench that shit, right? <laughs> just if you feel like you're tight, if you feel like you're like clenching, just, just think in your brain like, where is that in my body? And just like do the opposite of whatever you're doing. So like everybody, just unclench your jaw right now. Anyway, um, but then the tongue twisters. We have, okay, so these these tongue twisters that we use in choir or chorale, um, both. I've heard red leather, yellow leather, but we do red red letter, yellow letter. And you have to make, you got to get yeah, all those consonants out there. Red, yeah, like red letter, yellow leather. You got to get them all out. So we were talking about this last night when Lana was doing her opus mm -hmm. research. Mm -hmm. And... We, we hit on this when I said, she asked me for British tongue twisters, and I said, we say red lorry, yellow lorry. A lorry in the UK is what we call trucks, mm -hmm. big trucks. Um, so our version is red lorry, yellow lorry. Yeah. Red, That's uh, cool. Yeah. And yeah. I can't do it. Josh? Do I have tongue twisters, or can no, I do it? So, no, can you do it? Red, red leather. Red lorry. Red le do red leather, yellow. Wait, do that one too. Red, okay, so it's red Tell letter, us which one's hard. yellow red. leather. Yeah. yeah. Red letter, yellow leather. Letter. Let Red letter, yellow leather. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, there you go. Red okay. lorry, yellow lorry. That's so easy. Yeah. That's easy? That's, yeah, yeah, red lorry, yellow say lorry. Over so and easy. over again, though. Red lorry, yellow lorry. Red lorry, yellow lorry. Red lorry, yellow lorry. Yeah. I can't do it. Yeah. Wow. Try it. Try okay. It. Red lorry, yellow lorry. Red <laughs> lorry, yellow lorry. Red lorry, yellow lorry. It's just, it gets stuck in my mouth. I got you. I, th I mean, it might be like the way the British and American English enunciates Maybe. it. You try it, listeners. Yeah. Tell us which anyway. one's harder. Uh, this other one. Irish wristwatch. Irish wristwatch. Irish wristwatch. Yeah, Josh? Irish wristwatch. Irish wristwatch. I'm going to say wristwatch. Wristwatch. Yeah, it's hard. Irish wristwatch. Irish wristwatch. Unique Irish. New York. That, yeah. Unique New York sounds a lot. But it's unique about getting. New York. Unique New York. It's about yeah, getting easy. the K's. It's about getting unique, unique New York. Unique New York. New unique New York. That's like. Yeah, yeah. That's when you emphasize the K's. Unique New York. Unique New York. Okay, and then I found these. 
Um, I just found these because I googled them. Um, I think that's enough. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So unclench your butthole. No. <laughs> or your jaw. Yes. Unclench your jaw. Try both. <laughs> It'll help you rap. <laughs> unclench your jaw. <laughs> the uh, unofficial advice from Kendrick Lamar fans. Yes. Anyway, yeah. Old and new. Thanks for listening to the Opus podcast. This has been our podcast on Raveling Songs. We got a plug. Uh, please give us good ratings, follow us, let's do our song swap playlist linked in the bio. Yeah. Or not the bio description. You know what to do. You can find me everywhere at Lana Holgado on all platforms. Yeah, you can. You can read my blog, the Opus Podcast. Dot wordpress.com. Alright. Alright guys, our theme song is Underground Stars by Locks Beats. We'll see you next time. Take it easy. Bye. High five. Bye.